0: Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of About to Review, the episode where we review movies and TV shows, and today we are going to be focusing on three different movies that all kind of share a similar theme around music. Uh, I'm your host, that guy named John, and I am joined once again by Andy. Top of the morning to you. Ah, top of the morning to you too, as well. I'm just taking a, a wee sip of my
1: Guinness here,
0: out of a Kellis glass, but okay, Kellis. Anyway, uh, so enough silly accents for right now. Except Andy's silly accent is his actual voice. It is hard for him <laughs> to get rid of that one. Oddly enough, I uh, tried.
1: I've really tried.
0: Yeah. So the three movies we're going to be talking about today are Sing Street, Keanu, and Green Room. So three different movies, but there is a loose connection in that they all focus on music, that music kind of drives the movie forward in various ways.
1: That's, that's pretty tenuous.
0: It is. <laughs> well, two of them, it plays a more important role than the other one. But starting off, we are going to go with Sing Street which was a an Irish movie that did the festival circuit a couple months ago and is starting to get released in a wider audience nationwide. So, Andy, can you tell us a little bit about Sing Street? Um, <clears throat> what would you... How would you tagline this? Uh, maybe
1: nerd coming of age in Dublin would be uh, like a suitable mm-hmm. uh, tagline for it. Um, this is made by uh, some of the people who brought you uh, once, mm-hmm. uh, which is a charming, heartwarming tale of um, people in Ireland, strangely enough. And and this is, that. <laughs> this is a touching, heartwarming story of... People in Ireland, but it's taken a, a very different perspective. What we have is, um, I, I thought we, it was going to start out like the uh, the in betweener's the TV mm-hmm. show set, but set in Dublin, maybe with music thrown in. But sort of like after the initial, part it, it kind of dropped away from. So what I'm trying to say is that you have a person, a kid. Who's taken out of uh, a posh school mm-hmm. and is dropped in the local state school well not state school, but I mean this was a um a, a Catholic school yes. but it was a rough rough school so, in, a,
0: in a rough neighborhood, definitely different from <laughs> where he came from
1: right, so he's you know teased and bullied and mm-hmm. stuff like that to begin with and so he but he he finds uh, a reason to um, look for something else in his life which is that a turning point. You know, which is the, the coming-of-age part of this mm-hmm. coming-of-age story. And that thing
0: is music. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that this movie did is that, you know, it is kind of the typical and formulaic teenage coming-of-age tale, but this had just the right amount of originality that made it different than the rest. Because, I mean, yeah, you can do a coming-of-age tale every year, and it always happens, but... Doing something with just a little bit, you know, different perspectives was really nice. Um, Definitely capped off by the performance of the star, Ferdia Walsh-Pilow, Pilo, is 16 years old. This is his first movie, and he was fantastic.
1: (laughs) Great performance. Great performance. I mean, mean, clearly, um, you know, starts off as a nerd and and Mm -hmm. fits that bill perfectly
0: yeah absolutely and the thing that that I always find interesting in movies like this so you know he he meets a girl falls in love with a girl who is kind of the unattainable you know out of reach girl but he tries and his first interaction with her is priceless I mean he just kind of comes up to her after being told like oh she doesn't talk to anybody you know she's basically too, too, too cool for school and he just walks up to her and is like hey want to be in a music video? I'm starting a band.
1: Well, he, he not only comes <laughs> up to her and, and says something uh, uh, akin to that, he comes up to her with two black eyes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I did mention about bullying yep. earlier on, didn't I? Yeah. So, um, which I, actually was one of those things where, that I don't know. Is uh, I was thinking, is that a, a, a curiously Irish thing that even nerds can feel confident enough to walk up to um, beautiful uh ladies who are older than them and mm-hmm. these, these, these are people who are like 16 17 yeah. years old and and use the gift of the gab to try and you know
0: the get, I, the Irish charm the, some the, would say
1: exactly yeah i mean that was like really would 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 your nerd be able to do that but in this situation i suspend my disbelief
0: yeah as opposed to <laughs> kind of an american version of this where it takes the third act for him to finally have mm-hmm. the confidence to to do something this their first interaction <laughs> is he was like hey this is who i am that kid has balls absolutely and like i, I was it was really nice to see that because at first you see him walking up there and it was like is this just going to be a train wreck How's is she gonna, gonna like out?
1: just like totally yeah. like flick her cigarette at him or something right
0: <laughs> uh thankfully that did not happen it didn't uh, i would have really made
1: it a short movie i think
0: yeah Yeah, well, then he would have been dealing with the rejection. Mm, So the other thing that this movie really, really nails for me is yeah, it revolves around this group of you know sixteen-year-olds, fifteen-year-olds forming a band,
1: misfits, really.
0: Absolutely, yeah, misfits, and it goes through their transition as the older brother of the main character kind of drives the musical stylings of the movie, and is constantly introducing the main character uh, whose name is Connor. You know, giving him new things to listen to. Every new thing he gives him to listen to, the band that they end up forming completely changes. So they give him a Cure album. Suddenly he is wearing, you know, black eyeliner and a trench coat. You know, and then doing Buffon things hair. bouffant hair, and just and that definitely relates to every teenager's experience in high school of trying to find okay, who am I? Who,
1: yeah, exactly. Give
0: and not only power. who am I right now, but who am I going to be next week, and so that was a really funny part of the movie <laughs> that the transition that they went through three or four times
1: yeah at least um, it was it was fun, although one of my minor criticisms mm-hmm. of, of the movie <clears throat> is that this the the incredibly uh, influential older brother character in this yeah. movie who who you know in in character looks like a, a drugged out hippie, mm-hmm. but apparently is incredibly hip to the music scene thing. But he's just um, so musically eclectic that you know, Very. That, that is hard to believe. And I'm I'm just saying. This because having actually this is this is a, a period movie. This is mm-hmm. set in the 1980s. 1985 in yeah, Dublin, which is, <laughs> I'm sorry to give
0: this away, mm-hmm. but
1: was around. It was around this time that I too when, was were you,
0: uh, when, you were, when you were 40 years old <laughs> in 1985.
1: <laughs> I too was a teenager in that very same period, and and it would be extraordinary to have uh, somebody in their 20s who who. Would l- think that Duran Duran was mm-hmm. cool and Joe Jackson was cool and Spandau Bally was cool and the clash. It yeah. was cool. You really didn't get a lot of meshing between all of those. Maybe Spandau Ballet and, and Duran Duran, sure. But the rest of them?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very, on unusual. the spectrum, very far apart.
1: Yeah. So that, that that kind of like took me out of things just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that the, the this, this character was there to drive yeah. the plot along mm-hmm. uh, and add humor to, to the whole thing. But it, it threw me out um, a little bit. But that's... One of the few things little criticisms that I have of of the movie, really
0: and now you know going back to the music, which really does drive it forward, not only does the older brother's influence on Connor, you know the influence that he has over the character's journey, the movie it is kind of like the hero's oh. quest in Greek mythology, uh where the older brother plays that wise sage you know who's giving the advice and you know pushing him forward. What I find interesting in any movie that revolves around a band or musically gifted people, when you have someone like Ferdia Walsh Pilo, I hope I'm saying that right, but I'm pretty sure it is wrong, when he first starts to sing, because when he goes up to the girl saying, hey, I want you to be in my music video, spoiler alert, does not even have a band yet, (laughs) does not have anything except an idea. So the first couple times you hear him sing a cover of Duran Duran...
1: It's painful, really. It is
0: painful, but it is, you know, that awkwardness that, again, all of us went through at some point. And he is just struggling with the lyrics and his tone is all off. You know, and then 20 minutes in movie time, you hear him with the band singing, and you're like, this guy can really sing. Because he actually
1: sings his own songs in this.
0: Yeah, and yeah, we come to find out that the actor who plays this character is a musician a you know very good musician and so watching the end credits and seeing that he performed them and sang them that was really nice so to find to be in a movie and see a character that you know can sing pretend to not know how Mm -hmm. is interesting and some people can pull it off really well and and he did he definitely nailed that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The first couple of uh, attempts that he made—it's—it's it's almost painful, and you're wor- you're worried that oh, this is just <laughs> not going to get any better, is it? But yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs>
0: and then with the with the soundtrack overall, we were spending a lot of time on the music of this movie because that is the driving force. Uh, I mean, Andy touched on the bullying aspect. There are definitely some tense moments in this movie. Uh, you don't
1: know where it's going to go, do you? Some, a couple of times.
0: Yeah, I mean, there there were moments where there are Catholic priests, Catholic priests at a at a school with young children, and there are a couple scenes when you when you get a little bit worried, but and we'll not spoil anything. Uh, so there, are definitely, it's
1: not that kind of movie, though. No, <laughs> Spot, <laughs> thankfully, Spotlight.
0: This is not. This is not Spotlight. <laughs> Uh but yeah with the with the overall music it really gave you the feeling of 1985 of this point you know of history where again certain period piece movies can do that really well and so like Andy said I mean growing up around the same geographic area <laughs> around the same time how do you think they handled that
1: I I uh, it, it really gave a pretty good feel for things I mean sort of like, like any movie there's there's uh, of this nature there's the the point uh, spoiler spoiler mm-hmm. that where where the, sort of the, the band wins over a lot of the kids in oh, school right. and realistically uh in in ireland i'm guessing is very similar to britain that that wouldn't have happened you'd still get a lot of people who would be shouting out <laughs> <laughs> swear words and stuff at the right. band as they played but uh, it, it did, yeah. It, it was evocative of of the era. I felt. I mean, it had a pretty good feel for that. I mean, my my question to you, John, mm-hmm. is, you know, not having been born at this point in time. I was
0: born. Oh,
1: whatever. <laughs> Are you sure? Um, how, how? I mean, what does what does this mean for you? I mean, is this like a, a costume drama for you, or does it does it mean anything for you?
0: It absolutely. It, it means something to me because it was able to. You know, really give that perspective of teenagers in high school that never really fit in that are just trying to do their own thing and struggling with that and I think that is something that crosses generational barriers and cultural barriers and they 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 accomplish that uh one of the funniest things about it is when they actually do go to start making the music video, the montages <laughs> of them performing and how they're filming it like. It was incredible because again, that is what kids do, and so having seeing that yeah it was it was it was very good to see
1: yeah oh, but
0: I said it was very good to see oh, that so, it almost
1: sounded like you were about to start reviewing
0: uh let me see if there are any other uh one of the other movies that came out recently that took place around the same geographical space and also time period was Eddie the Eagle. They came out recently.
1: Very different movie.
0: Very, very different movie, but they both really nail the soundtrack. And because these movies are so focused and so driven by the music, yeah, it was it was good. And you did get a, a similar kind of
1: feel for that age from mm-hmm. both of these movies.
0: Yeah. So as Andy alluded to, so if this is your first time listening to this podcast, which Stanley, the amazing Stanley uh, Excelsior. One of his famous quotes is every comic book is someone's first comic book. So if this is your first time listening to this podcast, the rating system for this show, there are three ratings good, bad, and ugly. So with those three ratings, Good spans a wide range. I'm shaking my head at <laughs> <with> this system. <laughs> yes, which if only this were a you know video medium, but it is not. So good has a wide spectrum of yes it was good and Oh my gosh, it was fantastic. Go see this immediately. Bad. Eh, it was okay. You were not you don't really need to rush out and see it. Ugly, avoid. I think that system A is flawless. <laughs> and <laughs> no matter what my uh, amazing co-host has to say about that, uh so it's flawless and perfect. So, with that rating system in mind, Andy, what would you give this tremendous film? <laughs> <laughs>
1: What would I, well, this tremendous film. Um, it would be really difficult to give it anything other than than a, a good. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, I mean, it's a heartwarming story, but it's it's not treacly. It's not syrupy. It's got a it, it's got a little bit of an edge to it. Like mm-hmm. I said, you know, there's the bullying. There's some deep themes involved in it. So you're not like it's not cloying in your mouth, and you walk right. out feeling feeling good but as I said, not, not over sweetened. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I had to think really hard about the things that I didn't like about things. it. Yeah. 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 Uh,
0: so I absolutely agree. This movie is good. I mean, in, in all of the great ways. So when, if you get the chance to see this in your local theater, like I said, they are expanding it. And so hopefully it starts getting picked up by some of the major, uh, theater. So, absolutely go see this movie now moving on to <laughs> another movie that should we should we like
1: completely change the pace of
0: the of about to review mm, does that mean we should start talking like this with an intense movie
1: well, i was just thinking yeah something something a little bit darker perhaps
0: mm, if there were a way for me to edit in mood music of storm clouds i would but no. yeah we're not yeah that no that. <laughs> <laughs> uh so moving on to the, <laughs> the next film that we're going to be reviewing Green Room, uh, directed by Jeremy Saulnier, which again, I could be butchering that, but if only there's a way for me to find out, not mm. going to. He
1: um, was the director of um, uh, uh, kind of like a, a, a really amazing movie that didn't get uh, an awful lot of uh, views, but mm-hmm. got some very good reviews, called uh, Blue Ruin. Okay. Um, uh, which was starred one of the. Uh, co-stars of this movie I'd like to pronounce his name but I'm not sure I can Mason Blair m- 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 Macon Blair yep, yep you m- nailed it. M- yeah. You got it. Yeah. Uh it's got a uh this movie has an interesting cast it's uh it's a movie that is set in Oregon mm-hmm. um but uh, more than half of the primary actors were born in Europe um including mm-hmm. Imogen Poots uh, I'm glad
0: you pronounced that and not me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I should have left it for you. Uh, I even
0: wrote down how to pronounce it, but nope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, uh, Callum Turner, Joe Cole, Anton Yelchin, and and uh, some large uh, star of uh, screen and stage. What's his name? Uh, uh,
0: uh, William Shatner? Yeah. Uh, like, Benjamin Sisko. Like, uh, uh, ah, right, Patrick Stewart. Patrick
1: Stewart. We'll get into what his role was in a little bit, but... Um, <laughs>
0: Uh what did you think of the cast? So to me, I mean this was this is a movie where the cast this was one like, kind of my first time seeing a lot of these actors. Um so Emogen Poots. Oh jeez. Uh <laughs> sorry about that. Uh Uh I mean I I'd seen her in like 28 Days Later and I think I remember seeing her in V for Vendetta that was her first movie and she was a kid so I'm not really sure. Uh, but definitely, I mean, Anton Yelchin, you know, who plays Chekhov in the rebooted Star Trek franchise. So the cast itself, like, it was good to see an independent movie that felt independent. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing actors that you're not like, oh, this was so-and-so from so-and-so and so-and-so. Really just seeing them, like, I have no idea who these actors are, and I like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So the cast overall, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was really strong. Um, The movie itself is, the way that I kind of would describe it, is kind of a dark and twisted suspense thriller of of a young band that is desperate for exposure. I mean, they're traveling you know, to any shows that they can do. At one point, they do a show kind of in a diner uh, (laughs) because that, that was all they could do. They siphon gas from parked cars to make their way in their van.
1: I'm guessing, John, that you don't have a lot of experience with DIY punk, huh?
0: Mm, mm. Nope, no. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> my my punk phase lasted for about six months in 1998. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so the tagline of this movie is going to be something like, uh, "Punk band stumble on murder scene, try to escape neo Nazis." How's that work? Is that roughly? It was
0: smooth. No, that that worked out great. Yeah, they, sh- they really you. should go with that one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so um, I don't know. I mean, th- what, what I mean, I don't know. I uh, what, what can you say about that? <laughs> <laughs> that was so eloquent.
0: <laughs> if only my co-host had a PhD. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So cool. the thing about this movie, one of the notes that I wrote down because it during the experience, this is rare, but it was one of those white knuckle experiences. Where the moments in this that are tense, there were a couple of times where I, I physically, while watching the movie, I looked down and I was gripping the chair. Because it was just, it was such an off-putting way of filming it or way of the characters interacting that makes you really uncomfortable. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of slasher movies, to put it mildly. Mm-hmm.
1: I uh, you, you know I, I don't necessarily like violence or effect, and anybody who um, uh, who listened to one of our earlier shows would would realize I'm not I'm not into the you know violence just for the sake of seeing right. blood and stuff. There was there was
0: sorry about that, Eli Roth, if you are listening. <laughs>
1: yeah, there there was there was a fair amount of blood mm-hmm. in this movie. It, uh, maybe, but a, was it
0: appropriate?
1: You know, in in the, the storyline. It, it did seem to be, yeah. Um, yeah, I say
0: that was one of the things that I'm the same way. I, I like scary movies. I can deal with you know some blood and viscera, but when it crosses the line, movies like Hostel, uh, mm-hmm. Human Centipede, that just they push it to the boundaries just so they can push it to the boundaries and mm-hmm. past. So with this movie, the parts that were were gory were definitely gory. Yeah. But I
1: mean, it was a realistic gore, and I mean, in 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 the train of the the movie, it, mm-hmm. it, the violence did make sense. It-
0: and and I I think so also because yes, it was incredibly violent in a, in a few points, but it was realistic to the point where that almost made it even more unsettling. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, it you know if you're watching a movie with zombies and someone gets half their face eaten off, you're like, nah, all right. Mm. In this movie, if someone gets attacked with an X-Acto knife...
1: Or it, a machete.
0: Or a machete. Like, it it feels real. And those are the type of, of scary movies, be they suspense thrillers or not, that I feel are the most effective. Because if you are just going for shock value, it might be effective. But something like this, where psychologically you get invested into where they are, what they're doing, and what is happening to them that that is where i think films become more successful
1: yeah i i mean it, this was interesting for me because of the the slightly uh, i mean music again was mm-hmm. was a big part Absolutely. Of, of this movie but there was also a a slight political element to it again mm-hmm. if you knew the the scene background you know for diy punk versus skinhead um, oi bands and mm-hmm. stuff you'd sort of like see you know the venn
0: diagram there's (laughs) definitely an intersection yeah there's an intersection (laughs) but
1: i mean sort of you know obviously there's also these wide spec ends of the spectrum that Mm -hmm. some of the folks in these film this film was and and it comes clashing together um
0: and they did address that at one point when they were kind of when the band is on its way to the uh pinnacle um show that they're putting on you know they kind of get warned about some of the people in the crowd they're like ah there are skins at every show you know so they they address it and then once you actually get there and you see the crowd and see the audience that again to me watching it was one of the experiences of like this is this could go bad real quick
1: well i mean and that's one of the questions in this movie there's i mean like in any of these kind of movies people make bad decisions and yeah. do you i mean i didn't think you know when i was watching it i didn't think you know some of the bad decisions that they were making were you know completely mindless ones which were just mm-hmm. put in by the director because we need this to happen you know that nobody goes into the dark basements or without uh, you know a flashlight or or, or something but the, the yeah. one the one one which i would say in the in the context would be a bit weird would be these kind of like anarchist type punks Looking at the audience and and seeing you know seeing all the, the Nazi graffiti around and actually being willing to to stick around and, and mm-hmm.
0: play, not only stick around and play, uh, but they lead off with a cover of of a very popular <laughs> uh, punk song. Um,
1: it's a little disparaging to uh, Nazi. Yeah, Nazi you
0: could fans. say. And they right before they start the the lead uh anton yelchin whose character's name is pat turns to the bassist i believe and he was like we're gonna lead with this song uh nazi punks and th- he looks at him like R- really you you, you want to do that and he was like yeah yeah and then they start playing it uh the song i mean yeah nazi punks nazi punks f u, is what it says and i was like why like wh- I, so, uh, I mean, okay.
1: If you if you were in a, a venue where it was maybe half and half, you had your right. lefties <laughs> and then you had a few skinhead punks mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, I I, w- I would totally go and do it. If you're out in the woods, yeah. in the wilds of Oregon, and everybody in the audience is a Nazi punk or a skinhead, yeah, would I do that? There's no way. No,
0: absolutely. Not. That. that was one of the things. Is like, I mean, Andy touched on it, but I disagree to the point where. There were so many times in this movie where I was like, "These characters are dumb." Like, not ne- not necessarily the characters, but the actions that they take, what they do is dumb.
1: But and, I mean, again, I, I I didn't feel that it took me out. That the, that the director was doing really, really. Oh, we've we've got to have them do this, and, and it the, it was completely out of character. I think these some these kids were dumb. To, yeah, yeah, to
0: their to their credit, and that is a good point. It was. Uh, cohesive with the character they were playing, it was an action that you you believe that character would do, but from an outsider perspective, it was a dumb move uh, and that happens a few times in the film uh where they kind of keep going into this certain room, and I did not know why the room was not a happy room, it was not a it happy was a place. <laughs> It was a refuge, I I guess. Um, Did
1: I mention the the name of the movie is Green Room?
0: Green Room, which does make sense because it is in the back of a venue. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, other than the characters making some dumb decisions, at least those dumb... Oh, man, again, I keep knocking my pop filter. Sorry about that, guys. (laughs) Um, I just get so excited. Um, So at least those dumb decisions that they made... Were char- were things that the character would do. Yes, so, uh, totally. Yeah, to that you know you can give that credit. What did you think about Patrick Stewart? Uh, I I I question his choice to take this movie only because when you do an independent movie like this and you get a big star, every now and then you have to wonder like, okay, what about this project made him want to do it? Because this is screen acting legend royal shakespearean acting he didn't company need to do this movie absolutely not so what made him want to do it that is that is my big question i would love to ask him that uh or if one of our listeners uh is in any kind of contact with him why not ask him because maybe he just saw the script and he was like this is unique this is a fresh take on this but it it was hard for me to separate that
1: i think you know he he well I don't know of course but I think you just looked at this as some, This is something that I haven't done before true um, and it's, it's not completely over the top like say it's not a hostel. It's, mm-hmm. it's not a Agreed. saw or anything else like that there's going to be blood but the, my character is a serious character and I'm playing I'm not, I'm not doing anything that you know which is completely out there or, or outrageous or anything or out of at least in terms of out of character I'm he's in his character mm-hmm. it's a strong character
0: yeah, now what did you think of his American accent <laughs> of which we heard a, a few lines of
1: uh not the strongest American accent mm-hmm. I've heard and uh... and,
0: the, and that was another thing where when you have someone like Patrick Stewart who has such a distinct voice and distinct delivery it sometimes and again this is part of the film going experience is hopefully those performances take you out of that that mindset but it still kind of was hard to do that. And as far as I can remember, I'm just flipping through IMDb real quick. When was the last time you saw Patrick Stewart as a villain? Like, can you even think of, of one?
1: I'm struggling. Yeah. So am
0: I. So, so maybe that was it. You know, maybe he just, like you said, saw something different, Mm -hmm. you know, saw something unique and to do something. I mean, this is not even a spoiler. You probably, they probably could film this movie in three weeks Mm -hmm. I mean it it, you know and and that is not a negative at all A24 the production company does incredible work Ex Machina you Mm. know where they did a movie in a small setting that makes you still invested so yeah maybe he just looked at it and was like sweet I have a couple weeks off do something unique but his performance overall it was good I mean like we were talking about it his character did things that you believe his character would do yeah, so,
1: it's 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 something di- definitely something different for him. It's, uh, it's a it's a departure. I mean, it's like I was just trying to think of other kind of departures, like uh, Robin Williams doing a twenty four hour photo, for instance. It's like one hour photo. Was it one hour photo? One hour photo.
0: Twenty four hour photo. That That's, would not be service at
1: all. Take kids. I'm going to go down the shop to this to this other one, which does it in one hour.
0: Uh, kids, ask your parents what one hour. Photo developing is, <laughs> since that might not even exist anymore. What the heck? But yeah. yeah, I mean, so same thing. When when Robin Williams made that turn in his career, to start doing dramatic things, one hour photo was definitely the the biggest extreme. When he did toys in the mid nineties, which was only a couple years after Hook, that one was another one where you were like, this is a big departure. But one hour photo, yeah, overwhelmingly was his. Entry yeah, so Patrick
1: it. Stewart's one on this one is not nearly as dramatic as that. Yeah. But I mean it's like, yeah, this is something very different for for Patrick Stewart. But mm-hmm. he he does it he does it very very well. I mean, like like everything, I, I guess. I mean,
0: he he is Patrick Stewart. Yeah. And again, in the best way possible. He is Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, we went over kind of the plot, character performances. One thing that I did write down with Emogen poots. Oh, again, I am God. so sorry. <laughs> But someone is going to reach out to me like, it's pronounced poats. Uh Probably not. I no, probably just made it's, that up. It
1: is definitely Imogen. Is it? Yeah.
0: Are you sure? I'm English. Oh, that means nothing. <laughs> uh So one thing about her performance is, compared to everyone else, she had a very eerie calmness throughout throughout the whole movie. Because her character kind of sets up The catalyst for the rest of the movie Um, an action that's something that she witnessed kind of sets up what happens and she was just she had a calmness about her that was it was really good Mm -hmm. but yeah there were scenes when a lot of stuff was going on and it would pan to her and it was just kind of chilling to see everything that was going on and everyone was just a surprise and she would just kind of she was in the moment Chilling. Well,
1: I mean, the thing is that, that unlike the visiting punks, she mm-hmm. was already somebody True. from that scene. Yeah. So she was already inured in some way to to the violence that that is was, let's say, endemic in that in that
0: scene. So, that definitely, I mean, that that could play a part in it. Um, but that that was a really good choice, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overall, I mean, everyone everyone performed really well and it just the way that it was directed the way that it was shot it it took that independent film vibe and really just kind of ran with it and and what the characters do whether they be dumb or not decisions made sense for those characters Mm. so so how do you write this john so i i will not say that i struggled with this one um because to me, we didn't see this film at the same time. I should. Point that it, out. yeah, that is. And true. when I
1: said when I said to John, "Oh, I, I'm I'm seeing Green Room," and he pointed out that he would seen it, he, mm-hmm. he you gave you gave me a little bit of a negative vibe. I think.
0: I would I say negative, so one of my uh, <laughs> one of my stipulations with with my rating system, so bad is generally something that you would not go see again. So when Andy sent me a text and he was very excited. And he was like, hey, I'm going to go see Green Room. We want to check it out. I was like, "Me, No, not really. I saw it, you know, last week. Um, so with that in mind, I-, I will still give it a good. I, I will give it a good. Gonna,
1: I was going to say, because it's not fair, you know, with, when you're talking about a week.
0: True. And yeah, that I mean, that was, that is true. Uh, we were fortunate enough to go to an advanced screening that the director uh, was going to be at. And that would... That would have been great. Apparently, his plane got delayed. Um, so yeah, so it was within about a week of me seeing it. That being said, would I rush out to see this again, even in the next six months or year? Probably not. But I, I I will give it a good. It was a solid movie. Great performances. Grudging good. Not not begrudging. It was just it did not completely blow me away. Uh, but it it was good. It was definitely good.
1: Well, I'm giving it an enthusiastic good. Hmm. This is um, definitely... Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, it, I mean, again, might come as a bit of a surprise to John because he mm-hmm. thinks I'm a bit of a wuss when it comes to violence
2: in movies, but...
0: And in real life. <laughs> <laughs> he had a paper cut and he cried for two days. I mean, Please don't. <laughs> don't. Don't even remind he me. He went to the hospital. It was, it was I awkward. Had
1: sti- I, needed, I wanted stitches. Um, no, I, I mean, so, but but again, in the violence was in context, mm-hmm. so... Um, I, I like the characters. Mm-hmm. I thought the story was good. I thought it held together very well. Yeah, I, I'm pretty enthusiastic. Um, uh, good, not not for kids. Uh, oh no, don't send your kids to this. Yeah. But but for for adults who don't mind a bit of gore, mm-hmm. uh, but actually want some story and mm-hmm. want some decent acting, then and and particularly if you have any history in sort of uh, the punk kind of stuff, this is definitely a movie to see.
0: Now, yeah, to speak on that real quick before we move on to the next film. So the first movie, Sing Street, dealt with kind of the, the pop 80s, you know, of Duran Duran, you know, The Cure, The Clash, you know, all of those things. You know, this deals with the punk scene.
1: Like the second generation, second, third generation of punk.
0: Right. So being that you kind of were around and you've been in both of those circles, yep. which do you think did it better? <laughs> uh-huh, see.
1: Oh, that that, that is tough. I like to they, make I mean, people think. <laughs> yeah, no, these are very different. Obviously, very very different perspectives <laughs> right. on mm-hmm. on 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 the music scenes of of these two, you know, sort of like adjacent eras. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I I I can't possibly make a distinction because they were just so different. I think they are both excellent um, okay. depictions of of, of um, a mood. One fairly light and upbeat and mm-hmm. one uh, dark and downbeat.
0: Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, with with Sing Street, uh, when he was in his, you know, cure and clash you know phase and uh, the school bully kind of comes up to him and is like, you know, d- makes fun of how he dresses. And he was just like, you don't exist. I don't exist. Go ahead. Do what you want. And it was just, you know, the kind of laissez-faire, you know, kind of goth-ish. Uh, so, yeah, but so both movies... I think definitely succeeded in portraying that Agreed. that mood um, so yeah Andy gave that one an enthusiastic good I still gave it a solid good but yeah it, it just it was not my favorite movie of the year mm. I'll put it that yeah, way fair enough so moving on to the last movie of the episode <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is not a movie I probably would have chosen to go to I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw that out there yeah what, what, what movie was it
0: the movie is Keanu Starring, starring the stars. I'm not
1: going to go and see if if it's got Keanu Reeves in it.
0: Uh, Spoiler alert, he might be in it. Oh, I guess you guys have to just go and see it. So this movie stars the two stars of the Comedy Central show, Key and Peele, actually former Comedy Central show. They just ended their series after three seasons. Uh, so Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key uh, play the main characters. Uh, And <laughs> the... The loose synopsis. I say loose because on IMDb, sometimes they will put in, you know, a couple sentences some flourish. This is the exact thing from IMDb. Friends, hatch a plot to retrieve a stolen kitten by posing as drug dealers for a street gang.
1: We don't actually need to do any more. Our work is done.
0: There you go. Uh, and the shortest review possible on About to Review. No, just kidding. Um, so, I definitely, I mean... I enjoyed this movie. The TV show that they are both from, Key and Peel, was a breakout hit. I mean, it was hilarious. It is a kind of sketch comedy show. I never saw it. Yeah. And so when I when I asked Andy if he wanted to go see this movie, he was like, sure. What is it? <laughs> yeah.
1: I had no idea. <laughs>
0: Which to Andy's benefit, uh and I'm similar to this, Andy and I both love film. Just in general. So if we get the chance to go See a movie that we might not normally see. We generally are going to take that. So, so Andy, I appreciate your willingness to go see this movie. That you are welcome. Yeah, you definitely. You Andy would not have even known this movie existed. No. Uh, so, on onto the onto the movie itself. Uh, and if you if you did like Key and Peele, which again Andy has no base of reference, if you like Key and Peele, the TV show, you will like this if you like a 90 minute sketch because on key and peel they generally do like you know five minute sketches this is a 95 minute uh yeah sketch so but other than other than that framework uh yeah i i liked the performances andy is is quiet a little bit because again he <laughs> well, this is a different I, yeah, experience for it, him
1: <laughs> it, it, yeah a slightly different experience but mm-hmm. one which I I smiled I <laughs> I I I
0: laughed. Oh, oh, I did. Getting, and, getting better. And yep.
1: uh, and one of the central characters who John hasn't mentioned, I think, yet is uh, other than in the, the IMDb thing, is is the kitten. I I I thought the kitten mm-hmm. did a did a fantastic job. Fantastic,
0: fantastic. job. He's a pro. Now, what is going to bother me is if he gets nominated for something and Andy Circus has not been. Mm. So you know. Yeah. Because if they're going to give awards, which please Academy. SAG Awards. Whoever is listening, do not give awards for animals. Uh, but that being said, the kitten—I mean, for what it was—it was a good character. Like it, it was—it was a good performance, I guess. <laughs> question mark.
1: It, it was an excellent performance. Yeah. That being
0: said, this definitely had those moments where the director, uh, who was also one of the directors—I think the only director of *Key and Peel, the TV show—Peter uh, Atencio, He knows that if you put a kitten on the big screen and have it go, meow, and look cute, the whole theater is going to love it. Mm
2: -hmm. So there
0: were moments in this movie that specifically that was all it was there for. Was I mean, yeah, I mean, cat looking cute.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the the cat is is definitely a central character, and it it it, it's just one of the main conceits of the movie, which make it funny is that everybody, but everybody. ...is interested in the cat. In little old cute kittens. Yeah, all these really amazing tough guys, they, they mm-hmm. all want the cat. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, maybe there's a deeper message to this than... I,
0: I have no idea. Mm. <laughs> uh, but some of the things that... I mean, I will put this out there. This movie had the whole theater in stitches in multiple parts of the movie where everyone was just laughing out loud. And to the film
1: character in the movie named stitches
0: that, Oh, oh good, good callback. There is I, I thought you meant to, I, I no, forgot about you that. You didn't apparently. No. Um, so no, the whole theater was not in stitches like that. So, and to its credit, what a lot of comedies do, even recent comedies, when it goes set up punchline, set up punchline, they, they doubt the audience's reaction to laugh as much as they do. So in certain moments, in certain comedies that have come out recently, the whole theater will be laughing. And you miss. And you miss a line mm-hmm. or two. And you see the actor saying something, and you're like, what What was that?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This movie did a great job at set-up, punchline, pause. Mm-hmm. Set-up, punchline, pause. Yeah,
1: I, you know, I didn't notice that, but I mean, reflecting on it now that you mention it, yeah, it was it's, it really worked well. Yeah, because
0: there, there were times when... You know, we were just... I mean, I was laughing really hard. And yeah, nothing was happening on screen. They let the moment develop. And that was something that... I mean, I've mentioned it on other episodes. Give the audience some credit. If you're a writer, write a joke and let the audience absorb it for a second.
1: If you think it's funny.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah and, hopefully <laughs> and hopefully you do. You
1: do. Here's... I, I, I want to bring up a a controversial... Uh, mm-hmm. Point here, John, um, because when I said to you that you know I'd seen the green room and that you know I mm-hmm. liked it and stuff, one of the things that you you said was, "Well, I thought it was kind of inappropriate that that this neo-Nazi skinhead character Patrick Stewart would mm-hmm. use the N word,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which he used once, once in Green Room." Mm-hmm in the whole movie that's the I think that's the only time that anybody ever does a racial slur in the in the entire movie which
0: On. is yeah now that I mean when I think about it I think that was it which Andy and I talked about it was
1: odd that they even did that well, John was John was affronted by the use of this uh, uh, by let me repeat that a neo Nazi <laughs> uses the n-word and John mm-hmm. thinks it's an inappropriate in the context of this movie this guy who's who's clearly has murderous intent and is mm-hmm. can i say it a third time a neo-nazi <laughs> but but john uh what we is it were Li- libertarian
0: <laughs> uh, the, yeah w- we were
1: right. watching we were watching uh keanu <laughs> and i think in the first <laughs> 10 minutes how many times was the n-word
0: used it, 17 yeah uh no i, I have no idea uh, it was at least Which tell me
1: tell me uh, my rationale uh, uh, for that yeah
0: okay so was it,
1: was it appropriate to use that
0: yes And I say that because just like Chappelle's show on Comedy Central, um, which Keen Peel is kind of a, you know, spiritual successor to, uh, Chappelle's show did not shy away from using that word. And he was just, he would do it all the time. And in the first, I think three episodes when they had the white black supremacist uh, on the Dave Chappelle show, I will show you the skit. Andy is looking very lost and confused. And I hit my mic again. Sorry about that, guys. Um, So, and they, they did a warning on the show saying, this word is going to be used a lot, blah, blah, blah. So, it made sense in context of this movie. And again, with Green Room, it was not necessarily that I thought it was inappropriate. I just thought it was odd that they chose to only do that once in a weird context. I guess that it was not inappropriate for the character to do that. So that, again, goes back to those characters doing what those characters would do. Um, And and same goes with Keanu. The characters, when they say this, when they do these, it makes sense. And that was one of the things that both Key and Peel, when they have to portray these characters in the movie as drug dealers, this is not who they are in their everyday lives. And so they have to take it to 11. They have to really ratchet it up and ratchet it up, pun intended, by the way. Um, you know, and so they have to do that and push it to the next level. Okay, if you say so. So I, it made sense in the context, I guess, for me. All right. Um, that being said, the funniest moments for me, let Key and Peel these guys who, Keegan-Michael Key was on Whose Line Is It Anyway?, uh, for, you know, a little bit. So this guy is legitimately funny, like improv funny. And that is mm-hmm. a different level of comedic talent. Mm. This type of movie, let them be funny. I felt like there were so many times when they would have a scene where I could kind of feel the writing of Key and Peele coming through. And then the next scene, it was just different. Mm-hmm. Um, when they first go into,
1: well, because you, you moved out of the sketch and they had to move the story along. The story, and I, along and I think, yeah,
0: and I think that was that was kind of where that transition was. Yeah, when they first go to a strip club, you know, to meet this gangster and to move the plot forward, and they have to introduce themselves. I mean, it is in the trailers, but it is one of the funniest moments because they're talking to each other about how they need to be more street, they need to be more gangster, they need to do this and this and he turned to him and he was like you sound like Richard Pryor doing an impression of a white person he was like you sound like John Ritter all the time and so doing that back and forth and then immediately switching into you know the gangster persona was hilarious and those are the moments that were the most successful but I felt like the director or the writer or something kept holding them back a little bit and like pulling the reins did you did you feel any of that or any transition between those moments?
1: I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess I, I don't think I found it quite as hilarious mm-hmm. as you in the funny moments. It was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought there was a couple of times when it, it just needed to move along a little bit fast, just so that you could get back to the, the funny moments yeah. again. That,
0: that was definitely something I wrote down. It had some pacing issues. Uh, Again, the moments in the trailers, unfortunately, and I hate it when movies do this, especially comedies. Every one of the funnier moments was in the trailer. I would say 90% Mm -hmm. of the hilarious moments were in the trailer. So as it led up to that, I knew what to expect. And maybe that mentally... You
1: don't trust your movie when you've got all the funniest moments in the trailer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And that goes back to, again, you know, why do they choose to... Because, I mean, Key and Peel, both of them are legitimately funny. Have some more faith in them also. Not just the audience, but have more faith in them to be funny. Yeah. Uh, no, so I think
1: like, that the movie would, would, have, would have been that much better if that, if that had happened.
0: Yeah. One, the car scene, which is in the trailer when they're listening to George Michael, and um, <laughs> Keegan, Michael Key, you know, has to play it off. Like, George Michael, you know, is this really tough guy. Again, hilarious moment. But the scene that is juxtaposed with that, which has uh, Jordan Peele, you know, in the house and they go back and forth between these two scenes, it was just way too long. And it just kept Mm -hmm. going and going, like, trim the fat.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know that you you have stars and you want the stars to have you know a little bit extra time. But mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah, it's good to just like c- c- cut it down a bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, yeah. So if you if you watch the extended trailers and you watch those little bits, you you kind of got the gist of the movie. So you be- didn't really need to see it, did you? Before I go into my rating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I think that was actually nope. Those those were all my notes on it. So <laughs> just, you did
1: say you didn't have a lot to say about this movie, John. I, I did not.
0: That. Um, but you go first, Andy. What did uh, you th- since you came into this movie well, with a clean slate?
1: Yeah, you know, I uh, talking about Sing Street or uh, and and Green Room. I mm-hmm. knew uh, it was it was obvious that I needed to give them both goods, Keanu. I'm I'm still not even sure. Mm. I'm I'm definitely on the borderline between on your silly
0: system amazing system. Of, go ahead. good
1: bad and ugly. I <laughs> I'm I'm very much on the borderline of good and bad because you know if I had a choice to go out and see another movie mm-hmm. like that tomorrow uh, and i knew i wasn't going to be reviewing it or right. anything else like that would would i go and see it
0: would you be excited about going to see it um
1: would would i take would i take a friend to say hey we should go and see this mm-hmm. um in all probability i'd i'd have to say no to okay. that but you know uh, you know all that aside sitting in the movie theater did i did i laugh yes i laughed did mm-hmm. i did i walk out of the theater thinking i'd wasted 95 minutes no I didn't feel Mm -hmm. that so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give it a qualified good
0: so good asterisk (laughs) yeah Uh, which is legitimate and and I I can appreciate that I came into this with possibly some unjustified expectations because I was expecting it to be hilarious because they're both hilarious I loved their show um and so I will say I was a little bit disappointed but maybe that is on mm. me. Maybe that is just mm. on my mental, mental state so going that, into the movie. Does this that mean
1: you are going to give it a bad?
0: I, 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 really hate to say this. I struggled. I, I struggled. Even give, give it a
1: bad because that that will be so intriguing that I gave it a good and you go because that wasn't <laughs> what I was expecting. Go on, give it, give um, it a bad. Go on, do it. Give uh, it a
0: bad. First of all, peer pressure is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I will not give it a bad oh. because, and, and to its credit. This is one of those movies where I would recommend seeing it in a theater. Because if you wait for Netflix, if you wait for, you know, Redbox or something like that, and you wait for it to come to home video, I, I mean I just it sounds weird, but you might not enjoy it as much. I think being in a theater, having that, you know, uh horde mentality. You know and hearing other people uh, laugh yeah.
1: you know what funnily enough i agree with you i think the horde mentality was mm-hmm. was really helpful with this movie would if i watched it at home would i have sat through the whole thing possibly not yeah
0: i i, I and unfortunately and it really is unfortunate i don't think most people would so i will give it a good All and right. i will recommend okay. seeing the theater right. if you have a you know dollar theater or if do those even exist anymore how old am i you are really uh. incredibly old <laughs> Uh, but yeah I mean def- so I would recommend seeing it in a theater so I will give it a good mm. but Love yeah that. so there there we go so that, those were the three movies we reviewed just kind of as a recap Sing Street uh, wonderful wonderful Irish coming of age tale uh, Andy and I both gave it a good I mean a, a very enthusiastic good uh, go see it if it comes to your, your town highly recommend it Green Room uh Andy gave a good enthusiastic Enthusiastic good (laughs) caveat I also gave a good Um, I did not like it as much as Andy but but it was yeah it was still good and then Keanu which Andy bordered on good and bad I bordered on good and bad Uh, Andy gave it a good I gave it a good Uh, but we do agree that especially with Keanu go see in the theater It, it will help the experience so
1: but don't you know don't don't be upset if you don't see it
0: it It is one of those movies where if you miss it in the theater, wait for Netflix I mean it really if you want to see a comedy in the theater, go see it, but if not you, you can take your time uh so lastly uh there has been some sad news since the last time we recorded, and the legendary icon Prince uh passed away uh, after the last recording so I definitely want to give, you know, give a shout out uh, for those people who might not love his music or his movies. You know, most people that I have talked to at least can respect him as a musician, as an artist, because he was tremendous. Uh, When I was growing up seeing him, I remember Batman in 1989. It was one of my first movies that I saw in the theater. So one of the first videos that I remember seeing was bat dance. And I was like, first of all, what the hell is happening? <laughs> Kids, ask your parents, uh, you know, about that video or just look it up on YouTube. It is bananas. But that was Prince. And, you know, then growing up in the 90s and seeing his videos, the thing that I I respect so much about Prince. And if you do not really like his music, that is that I is totally okay, but with me, he was unapologetic in his artistry, in his sexuality, in his music. That was what separated him, I think, from from anyone else really at that time is he was who he was from beginning to end. And and that, that was that was tremendous. So, Andy, do you have anything kind of, you know, any any moments I know that I mean Andy and I talked about this, you know, when it happened? Um but yeah, what are what are some of your Kind of memories, if you have them, or just recollections.
1: Um, he didn't—he didn't mean so so much to me as as he clearly did to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like you said. I mean, sort of. You even if you never particularly liked him, you you had to respect that he put some amazing pop tunes together, and he was a fantastic guitarist and Mm -hmm. uh, an amazing showman and um and you have to respect how he also held on to uh onto his work mm-hmm. uh he was a fierce defender of of uh of the copyright creative because... freedom and yeah. yeah yeah so uh you know it, it obviously is a, is a sad sad day for music uh even even if you didn't you know you weren't a huge fan
2: mm-hmm.
0: so yeah i just i felt it was important to to give that shout out um if you have been following me Uh, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at about to review, uh, we went to a showing of purple rain, which they had at the EMP, the experience music project in downtown Seattle. And it was, it was a really amazing experience because again, like we were talking about with Keanu to be in a room of people watching this movie that means so much to people, you know, it, it, it enhanced the experience. Uh because I mean yeah, I, I could watch Purple Rain right now. You know, in the house. But to see it in the big screen, which I would have I did not have the opportunity to go do. Um <laughs> so it was it was a really unique experience to go to go see that with fans. Um so it was it was a tremendous loss. I mean, he was a just musical virtuoso that that I think just deserves respect. So uh, not to end on a somber note, Andy, what movies are you looking forward to <laughs> coming up?
1: Um, gosh, yeah, you've put me on the spot here, John. <laughs> yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. I look forward to all of the movies, John. Oh, SIF. I'm looking forward to SIF is what I'm looking there you go. forward to. The yep. Seattle International Film Festival coming up in May, uh, where um, my my plan of action, mm-hmm. as it always is, is to avoid uh, watching any american movie Mm -hmm. any movies made uh in the language of english Mm -hmm. uh and anything which is going to get a theatrical release in the united states i want to i mean sort of the point of going to a film festival of this nature is to see films that you're never going to get another uh, chance to see i do that every year and i've seen some fantastic uh things
0: yeah so definitely uh so andy's looking forward to that uh next week captain america civil war comes out that is the thing that i'm most excited for and I am thrilled. Cannot wait. So like I already mentioned, uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at about to review. If you have any questions or comments or ideas for future episodes of things that, you know, you think we should review. It is about to review at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening to this. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen to it on the website at about to We will see you next time. Ha <laughs>